we're in, we're continuing our lesson which we started this Sunday on faith in His name, and so uh, <clears throat> as we continue in this lesson, in order to us to have faith in His name, we have to first be born again. So this the lesson is almost going to sound like you being, you know, born again, being. Uh, getting born again all over again. <clears throat> Excuse me, but the reason for this is is that so many people, uh, as the scripture says, that in the latter day, <clears throat> in latter time, there will be some that will depart from the faith. They didn't say they will walk away from the Lord, but then there are others that has so-called walked away. And so if we're going to have faith in this name, the reason for having faith in this name is because the trials and the temptation that's on the earth. And we can't get around them. <clears throat> we're going to endure trials. We're going to endure testing. And there are two different types of trials and tests that we're all confronted by. The Lord has his way of testing and trying us, but it's never with sickness. It's never with disease or pain or sorrow. Are you finding, you figure it? But God's, uh, and financially, but God's way of testing you and I, it is to try your heart to make sure that what you have been called, what he called you to, to see whether or not you're ready and only he can show you whether or not you've been approved. Because, see, on the outside, we can look at each other and say, well, I can, I can put um, Brother Bobby in charge. Why? Because I can judge it by, I'm judging it by what I see. Rather than looking to the Lord and let him show me. And here's one of the things that the Lord showed me to show you his way of letting you know of his way of trying our heart. And whether or not, because again, having faith in his name is the name that's going to make the enemy or whatever the circumstance is to turn you loose. But it has to be faith. It has to be done by faith, right? So let's look at two verses of scripture. And then we're going to go to 1 Samuel. Uh, uh, Y'all remember that case of 1 Samuel 16. But first of all, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 8. And remember, the theme of this year is 1 John 5, 4, which says, and this is whatsoever is born of God does what? Overcome the world. And this is the victory that what? Overcome the world. It is our faith. Remember, when we say our faith, if we don't have any other currency whereby God will accept uh, what we do. It is by faith. Amen? And so here we said, it, the scripture says, for by grace are you what? Saved. But notice how we are saved. What's the next, what's the next two words? Through faith, right? For by grace are you what? Saved. But notice that it is through faith. It is God's grace. And when you notice this, and Jesus gave us his faith that will receive from grace. So it's not like you have to perfect your faith. It's not like you have to define your faith. No, your faith 
that you and I live by is the faith of the Son of God. So it said, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. So grace is something that whereas you can't perfect it, like righteousness, you can't perfect it. You can't add to it. Grace, you can't add to it. Because it's something God did and it's something what well, did and something God gave. Amen. Now, notice this. Look at verse uh, nine. Now the works, that means self-performance, self-action. But lest any man should boast. Verse 10. And, and, and just put this up in the classic amplifier. Verse 10. For we are his. For we are God's own handiwork. Whose handiwork? God. So if we are God's own handiwork, the reason for your approval is so that you don't quit. Are you understand what I'm saying? He's the only one that can approve you. Are you following what I'm saying? Notice this. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. That means it's he who's working in you. It's he who's doing in you. Amen? Both to will and to do of what? Of his good pleasure. Amen? Recreated where? In Christ Jesus. Right? Look at it. For we are God's own handiwork. What does that mean? We are God's own. That means what he is doing in us what he's doing to us. He's perfecting us for this last day that we're in. We're going to triumph. We're going to triumph. Amen? The reason I have faith in his name so that when the crisis comes, it's not if, they're coming. When the storm comes, we're going to face it right, we're going to face it right on. Amen? And notice it, why? He said, we are his own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. That's what you have to look at. That's where all of this divine energy, this is where all this confidence, all this assurance is going to come from because you are born anew. That means you've been born again. That we may do those good works which God predestined. In other words, he planned beforehand, planned beforehand for us, taking path which he prepared ahead of time. Doesn't that sound like a pattern? What did God do with the children of Israel? He prepared, he prepared their path so that they wouldn't go back, so that they wouldn't turn back to Egypt. He placed them in the path. See? No, he prepared ahead of time. I mean, taking path, which he prepared ahead of time. Why? Everything in your life that you're going through, it's like God is orchestrating it so you don't quit. Are, are you understand what I'm saying? If some things are rubbing you a little bit, you know, whatnot, because you need to get the victory over that. Is that right? And notice this, he said, taking path which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them living the good life. 
See, you could be living a good life. Once you've been approved, scrutinized, put to test with the word of God, and you come out like fire, fire is what purifies, like gold, like silver. What happened? You put more fire to the silver to get all the draw. Is that right? Out of it. You put fire to gold. Why? Because it looks good on the surface. Did you know that gold was not always, it's not always gold until it goes through the fire? Gold is actually black. But when it goes through the process of that fire, of getting all the, purif- the purification, all of the defects that's in there out of it, and when the fire purifies it in that repining pot, it comes out gold. Well, the scriptures look at you and I like gold. We go through the fire, but the fire that we go through is through the word of God. It's God himself orchestrating you and I like you're here tonight listening to the word of God. What is he doing? Renewing your mind. Are you following what I'm saying? He's strengthening your heart. Amen. So that you don't quit. And so there's some. So again, I'm not going to go to it, but uh, because I want to uh, case to go to first uh, Samuel 16. Because. Uh, as the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there's no temptation such as as what common to man. In other words, it says God is faithful who will, not be, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond measure. In other words, Satan just can't come along and just throw anything at you. He, he can only throw at you what you have been accustomed of walking in what you've been accustomed of failure, custom of disgust, custom of just the word. He keep coming with you with the same old thing, but it's just packaged and wrapped differently. And so when you learn how he's coming against you, then you are able to say, oh, I see you. Hmm? Now get. Amen? That's how you talk to the devil. I mean, <laughs> Uh, I don't know how many of y'all ever heard of Lester Summerall. Lester Summerall was a great missionary uh, and in the Philippines, a foreign country, and I forgot what country he was in, and he was somewhere, and he was asleep. And the devil came in his room and moved his bed. And he looked up and he said, oh, it's you. He laid back down. He said, now put my bed back where it was and get out of here in the name of Jesus. That's a true statement. That's a true story. He has a book that called The Sword of the Spirit. It's old, but it's a good book. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right. Now notice this. <clears throat> and let's go to uh, put it in. Uh, well, okay, we could just let it stay here. Notice this. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? You know, sometimes we mourn over a person, loss of something, and we're not really letting, wanting to let it go. Maybe it's something in your past. Maybe it's something that you just keep, you know, like a, you know, like a sore. You know, and it's, you know I, I can remember as a kid we had sores and you just keep picking at that thing. 
Well, you know, it's healing itself, but you keep taking the edges off. Are you following what I'm saying? Well, sometimes this is what, like this, if you don't let it heal, let you, if you don't let it heal, then guess what? You're going to cause more issue, great, a greater issue than what it was before because you keep opening it. And what I'm trying to get you to see is that it's the same thing in our life. You can, life can throw you a curve of whatever it is, and it doesn't exist anymore, but because it is part of our makeup, it is part of your thought life, then guess what? If you don't learn to put it under your feet, if you don't learn to put it, un, yeah, put it under your feet, then it'll just keep coming up, and you'll keep opening it. You'll keep... Uh, festering with it. You'll keep digesting it, and before you know it, you would have allowed something to come in and vest, I mean, and fester on the inside like gangrene to an infected leg or infected toe that has to be cut off. That's what this is like. And that's why your mind is so important because whatever you feed on, whatever you give the most attention to, guess what? You're going to become the victim or the victor over it. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? You have to make that decision. Notice this. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Now, why did God reject him? Anybody? He was rejected because what? He did not obey the word of the Lord. Right? We should take out uh, the Amalek. Uh, do I need to go back a little bit further to show y'all the story? Okay, let's go back. Uh, go to 15 chapter, uh, Casey. And is it... What verse is it? is it? I know it's somewhere around verse 23 that how God doesn't honor sacrifice. Um, let's see. Is it? Okay. Well, that's not going to give you what I need you to get. Start at verse 1, Casey, <laughs> so y'all can get the whole picture. Samuel told, Samuel told Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, Israel. Now listen and heed the word of the Lord. What, so what did, he, what did Samuel say? The Lord sent him, right? It's the same thing today. The Lord is sending you and I out. Okay, watch this. Next verse. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have considered and I will punish what the Amalek did to Israel and how he set himself against him in the way when Israel came out of Egypt. In other words, when God brought the children of Israel out, the Amalek would not let them pass by. And God remembered that. Okay? Keep going. Now go and smite the Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man, woman, infant, suckling, ox, sheep, uh, lassie, all of them, camel, donkey, all of them, their daddy, their mama, all of them. Keep going. So Saul assembled the men and numbered, the, numbered them at what? Oof. Tell them? 200,000 men on foot? 
and 10,000 men of Judah? And Saul came to the city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. Keep going. Saul warned the Kenites, go, depart, get out from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them, for you showed kindness to all the Israelites when you came out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from amongst the Amalekites. And Saul smoked the Amalekites from Havilah as far as shore, which is east of Egypt. And he took Agad, Agad king of the Amalekites, alive. What, what do you just see there? What happened? He disobeyed God, right? This, this is not just a disobedience. This is what you call a spiritual sin because it was his disobedience to the word that God gave him. Okay, watch this. Though he utterly destroyed all the rest of the people with the sword, and Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fat, the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them, but all that was undesirable or worthless, they destroyed utterly. The reason why the Lord tells you to destroy them all because they were demonic. Okay, watch this. And the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I regret making Saul king, for he has turned back from following me. Can you see that? This is why the fire of God's word to purify our hearts so that we won't quit and go back. Amen. Watch this. For he has turned back from following me and not performed my command. And Samuel was grieved and angry with Saul. And he cried to the Lord all that night. He was crying to the Lord for Saul. Because him and Saul were buddies. Hmm? And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, he was told, Saul came to Carmel. And behold, he set up for himself a monument or a trophy of his victory. Look at that. Cocky. And passed on and went down to Gilgal. And Samuel said to Saul, Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed what the Lord ordered. Whoa. Don't sound real, huh? But this happens today. This is very much active today in the church. Keep going. And Samuel said, what then means this bleeding of the sheep in my ear? And the lowing of the oxen which I hear. Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekite. For the people spared the best of the sheep, the oxen, to sacrifice to the Lord. Your God, but the rest we have utterly destroyed. So, what was the word of the Lord? Kill them all. Okay, watch this. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop. I will tell you what the Lord said to me tonight. And Saul said to him, Say on. Man, you see, you can, you, we, this is what I mean. We can judge things by what it looked like, what it sounds. But God knows the heart. Are you following what I'm saying? And Samuel said, when you were small in your own sight, 
Were you not made the head of the tribe of Israel and the Lord anointed you king over Israel? And the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go, utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. And when, it said, why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? I mean, just think about it today. What does that sound like to you and I? I mean, you know there are things that once you got born again, you and I have been not only been justified, but we also were sanctified. That means we've been set apart for the master's use. Why? The purpose of you being born of God, having his word, so that you will understand that sanctification has to be walked out. And if that sanctification has to be walked out, that means you're going to have to be tried to make sure that you understand I don't belong to the world no more. I'm not here to to dabble in this alcohol, to dabble in this sex without marriage, to dabble in this lifestyle or that life. My life is not my own. Right? It belongs to him. Amen. I'm not mad. I'm just kind (laughs) of... I just got a little excited. So why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? But swooped down upon the plunder and did evil in the sight of the Lord. Notice he didn't do evil in the sight of nobody but the Lord. Keep going, Casey. And Saul said to Sam, yes, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agad, the king of the Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekite. But the people took from the spoil. Sheep and oxen, the sheep, the chief of the things to be utter destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. That's not what the Lord said. He don't need that. And Samuel said, has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better. Then sacrifice. Say that with me. To obey is better than sacrifice. I'm, I'm telling you. Now, our obedience is in the faith of Christ. It's in the name of Jesus. Our obedience is to what Jesus has done. Not my obedience to make myself be acceptable before God. No, my obedience is in what Jesus did. That's where faith will respond. Okay? And so behold, to, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of the ram. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. See, rebellion. How many of us still rebelling of reading the word, taking time to uh, sit with God. I mean, it's not a thing to condemn you, but this is the reason, this is one of the major reasons why our we don't have the tenacity to face the day with a, you know, with, with, with a vengeance in our heart you know, toward the works of darkness. We can't be passive. We can't just say, that's a shame. No, no. All of us, not as called, but all of us in the body of Christ should have on us the, 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 
the, the righteousness of God that is by faith, that when we see something or hear of something, we switch from one side to the other side. In other words, we switch from the human side to the supernatural human side to make things right. Amen? To talk against. Are y'all getting what I'm saying here? So notice this. He said, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as adultery. Is that right? And notice this. He said, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, what happened? He has what? He has rejected you from what? Being king. Oh, look at this. Now, here we go. Keep going, Case. And Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord your God, I mean your Lord and, and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. You see that? You will have to be not afraid of people's faces to do what God has put in your heart. Now I pray you, pardon my sin and go back with me that I may worship the Lord. Mm. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. It's nothing, once the Lord rejected them, there's nothing you can do. And as Samuel turned to go away, look what Saul did. He seized the skirt of Samuel's mantle and tore it because he was frustrated. And look at this. Next verse. And Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you this day and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Lord Jesus. That means one that's going to follow my, that's going to obey me. Keep going, Case. And also the strength of Israel would not lie nor repent, for he's not a man that he should repent. And Saul said, I have sinned, yet honor me now. I pray you before the elders of my people. Now look, look at the pride. Before my elder, before my people, and before Israel, and return with me that I may worship the Lord your God. Because he don't want his kingdom to be known that it's been torn from him. Keep going, Casey. So Samuel turned back after Saul. No, so Samuel turned back, yeah, after Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. And then Samuel said, bring here to me Agag, king of the Amalekites. And Agag came to him cheerfully, and Agag said, surely the bitterness of death is past. Huh. And Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel him Agag in pieces before the Lord and Gilgad. So you don't hear much about the devil in the old covenant. But these people were very demonic. Okay. And Samuel went to Ramah. But Saul went up to the house of Gilgad of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Though Samuel grieved over Saul, the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. 
Okay, let's go to, keep going, Casey. Is that going to 16th chapter? Verse 1? Oh, you got more verses? There you go. Then the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with all, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Keep going. Let's drop down there to uh, uh, verse 5 for time's sake. And he said, well, go to verse 4. I'm sorry. And Samuel did what the Lord said, and he came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, you hear that? They tremble at his coming. You see the presence of God on him? I'm trying to tell you, that's the same way for all of us. The presence of God ought to be upon you, that people in your community know you. Amen. And he came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Have you come peacefully? <laughs> and he said, Peacefully, I come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse, his son, and called them to the sacrifice. So what is, what is Samuel doing? He's being led by the Spirit of God to go to the house of Jesse. Because this is where the next king is. Now watch this. Pay close attention to these next few verses. And when they come, he looked on Elab, the eldest son, and said, Surely the Lord anointed is here, is, is what? Before me. What did he do? He looked upon Elab, so that means he looked upon his countenance, right? Physical, right? And so he just knew that this was it, right? Next verse, Casey. But the Lord said to Samuel, look not on the appearance or at the height of his stature, for I have rejected him. <coughs> what? That's a big boy, Lord. That's, you know, that's, is that right? <laughs> for the Lord sees not as what? That means you and I will never choose the people that God has already set out for us to have. Because we're always looking upon the outward countenance of a person to determine. And God know that mm -mm, their mouth might be with you, but their heart is not. And only God knows. Right? Look what he said. For the Lord sees not as man sees, for man looks upon the outward appearance, but the Lord looks upon where? The heart. Keep going. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and he made him pass before Samuel. But Samuel said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Isn't that something? Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen him. Now Samuel is wondering, am I in the right house? Keep going, Casey. And Jesse made even seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. 
Then he said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And Jesse said, there is yet the youngest. He is tending the sheep. That means they didn't even count. They didn't even think to bring him in the house. Because you see why? He wasn't ready in their mind. Right? He didn't have anything to bring to the table. Right? He said, there is yet the youngest, and he is tending the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send for him. We will not sit down till we will not sit down to eat until he is here. Watch this. And Jesse sent and brought him. And David had a healthy reddish complexion and beautiful eyes and was fine looking. And the Lord said to Samuel, arise, anoint him. This is he. Whoa. I mean, get, get, I mean, think about this for a moment. How many of us would have chosen him? You done went through the seven. Now you had to want. Are you thinking? Yeah. Are you understand what I'm saying? And look at this. And watch this. Next verse, Casey. And then Samuel took the horn of all and anointed David in the midst of his brother. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David. From what? That day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Can y'all see that? But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. An evil spirit from the Lord tormented and troubled him. It wasn't the Lord that just, it was Samuel opened himself up to that evil spirit because of his disobedience. Okay? Now we're going to fast forward this, go to chapter 17. We know the story of David. We now we're getting ready to see why and go st and look at verse 38, uh, Casey, because we're not going to read, read the whole thing, go to the whole thing. I think verse 38 is the place to start. Oh, no, we got to go back. Where, 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 when David's uh, brothers... Um, Say, so is that not a cause? Hold up just for a moment. I used to know that verse. Um, okay. All right. Here we go. Go back. Go back five more verses, Kate. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him in terrified. This is Goliath. Okay, keep going. And the Israelites said, have you seen this man who has come out? Surely he has come out to defy the army. I mean, uh, defy Israel. And the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free from taxes and service in Israel. Whoa. Keep going. 
And David said to the men standing by him, What shall be done to the man who killed this Philistine and take away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? Can you see why God chose him? Now remember, right now, all of his brothers are right there. I don't know that I, I, I sprang forth too far ahead. I don't want to go back too far, but let's keep going, Casey. And the men told him, thus shall it be done for the man who killed him. There we go. Now Eli, his eldest brother, held, I mean, heard what he said to the men. And Eli's anger was kindled against David and said, Why did you come here? With whom have you left? <laughs> Those few little sheep in the wilderness. He's angry. Why? Because he got showed up. What am I trying to get you to see? His cowardship is showing up, is being revealed why the Lord has not accepted him. Are y'all seeing this? Now you see why the Lord didn't. Now, and this is what, and this is what is being shown. I'm, I'm giving you this because I, I want you to see that, hey, only God knows what's in our heart. Only God knows how far you and I will go. And notice this. Why did you come here? With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumptuous evilness uh, uh, of heart. For you came down that you might see the battle. Next verse. And David said, what have I done now? Was, was it not a harmless question? I think King James said, uh, uh, is that not a cause? See, why? Because they were afraid. Keep going, uh, uh, Casey. And David turned away from Elad to another, and he asked the same question. And again, men gave him what? The same answer. Watch this. And David, oh, and when David's word was heard, they were what? Repeated to Saul, and he sent for him. Because now he found somebody that's willing to stand up against Goliath. Yes, man. Yeah, chain up. Oh, okay. Keep going. And David said to Saul, watch this, let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. Your servant will go out and fight with him. Ooh. Can you see that? I mean, David was a man of war from his youth. Watch this. We get ready to get to the good part. And Saul said to David, you are not able to fight against this Philistine. You are only an adolescent, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Watch this. Keep going. And David said to Saul, your servant kept, it, kept his father's sheep. What is he doing? Experiential knowledge. He's remembering. He's rehearsing. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? This is what you got to do. Sometimes when you're living by faith, you're going to have to stir yourself up when there's no one else that can speak in your ear. You're going to have to stir your own self up. Oh, y'all understand what I'm saying? Watch this. And David said to Saul, your servant kept his father's sheep, and when there came a lion, and uh, again, 
or a bear, I mean, again, a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after him and smoked him and delivered the lamb out of his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by his beard and smoked it and killed it. Now, how many know David didn't do that in himself? He understood his help. That's what gave him the confidence that who is this, circum, this uncircumcised Philistine? I don't care if he is 10 feet tall. Are we looking like grasshoppers in our eyes? Because this is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you and I to look like grasshoppers in your We're going to always look like grasshoppers. But with the Lord, hey, we are a giant grasshopper. Are you understand what I'm saying? There was a, a movie about a little grasshopper or something like that. What do they, what they call that? There? You know. Miyake, Mr. Miyake. Wash on. That's all. What's his name was? What that boy's name was? Daniel's son. Daniel's son. Wash on. Wash on. Daniel's son thought he was not being properly trained to Mr. Miyake. Got him right. The Lord going to get us right. He said, I went out and I smoked him and delivered the lamb out of his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I caught it by the beard and I smoked and killed it. Next verse, case. Your servant killed both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine that everybody's talking about. He should be just like one of them. Oh, he's 10 feet tall. Can you imagine a foot on that man? I went to Shaquille O'Neal's aunt house that lives in, uh, I think it's Saint, uh, New Iberia. She had one of his shoes in a case. What do you call them things? Solaria, whatever that is. Is that, what, is that right? He has a 22 foot. This shoe this long. This is this, this how long his one shoe. I saw it. I said, oh my God. And Shaquille is seven foot one or seven feet two. This man is three inches more. With a big foot. <laughs> and David said, this uncircumcised Philistine should be at one of them. See, it's not it's, it's not how you see things, it's what you believe in your heart. He know his God was with him. Don't judge it by his size. Judge it by his faith. Watch this. And David said, the Lord who delivered me, look at this, what is he doing? He's rehearsing, he's remembering. What you think he's doing, it's increasing his confidence. He's keeping himself stirred up. He's not allowing his brother, his brother's report, I know your naughtiness. What you doing here? Why you left them few little sheep with somebody else? That's enough to discourage you. Why, that's your own flesh and blood. See, you know, anybody can just rob you of your faith. It takes someone that you look up to, someone that you've been around, and all of a sudden they just shoot you in the foot. They turn their back on you. 
and you find yourself have to stand all by yourself. But you're never alone because the Lord is always with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. As we close with this, watch this. David said, the Lord who delivered me out of the paws of the lion and the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. He will. Did you see that? He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Keep going. And Saul clothed David with his armor and put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with his own coat of milk. That means David had the best of what the king had. Look at look this. Watch this. And David girded his sword uh, over his armor and he tried to go, but David could not. For he was not used to it. Don't ever let no one put you in a place or put something on you or speak something in your life that you're not accustomed of when you know the Lord is leading you in a certain way. When you've been delivered from something, you don't let nobody talk you back. Watch this. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with these. For I am not used to them, and David took them off. Keep going. And he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones out of a brook, and he put them in his shepherd lunch bag, a shepherd lunch bag, a whole kid skin slung from his shoulder and his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Now, how ridiculous that sounds. He got stoned. And he got a sling. I remember we used to have a slingshot. We used to. Brother John would be sitting there. I'd be sitting way back there. Take that slingshot. Pow! In the classroom. Boy, I was bad. Oh, oh the China ball too. Yeah. But you had to, know how to, you had to be good at that though. <laughs> the Philistine came down and drew near to David. And the man who bore the shield going before him. Keep going, Casey. And when the Philistine looked around and saw David, he scorned and despised him. For he was an adolescent with a healthy reddish color and a fair face. This is where people look. Your enemy will look at you like that. Sometimes people will judge you like that. What are you going to bring? What do you know? What does she can do? Until they hear you open your mouth and the glory of God manifests itself. And when the Philistine looked around, oh, next verse case. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that thou should come to me with a stick? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. That's a mistake. Keep going. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. He mad. Keep going. And David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear, a javelin, but I come to you where? In the name of the Lord of hosts. What are we talking about? Faith in his name. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the ranks of Israel, whom you defile. Keep going. This day. Everybody said this day. Yes. What you're doing, you're making faith declaration. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, whatever that is. Whatever that is you need to be, that you need to be, that need to be delivered in your hand. You claim it by faith. This night, 
the Lord will deliver you in my hand and I will smite you and cut off your head and I will give the carcass of the army of the Philistine this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Lafayette. Hmm? Keep going. And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saved not with the sword, the spear. The battle is the Lord. The battle is the Lord. And he will give you into our hand. See, you don't have to worry about it. The Lord is going to do it for us. Watch this. Keep going. And when the Philistine came forward to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle, the line to meet the Philistine. And David put in his hand, put into his uh, put his, I mean, put his hand into his bag and took out a stone and slung it. And notice it, it sunk in the Philistine, uh, uh, yeah, sinking into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. How many know that little 17-year-old lad do not have that kind of power? I don't care how strong you are, this is a giant. And then just think about the accuracy that he had to have when he slung that thing. Boom. The power of God got behind his word because David said, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a jab, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. So when David said that, that's what happened. When David, you released his faith in the stone, the Holy Ghost got in that stone, and guess what? The power that be took him out. The word that came out of David's mouth. God honored it. Next verse, Casey. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and he struck down the Philistine, slew him, but no sword was in David's hand. See that? And so he ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the shield and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistine saw that their mighty champion was dead, what did they do? They fled. And this is what I'm saying to you and I. The enemy will flee when we submit ourselves, James 4, 7, to the word of God. He will, resi he will resist. I mean, we can resist him and he will flee in terror. Why? Because of your obedience to the faith. And I don't think you need to know no more, but I think that's enough. You got enough of it. You can see where we're going with that. And I have enough understanding to know. Now, this is Old Covenant. But we can still use, it is concealed, but we can still use because it's being revealed because of the new covenant that we have. And we can use this to our good if you have understanding. If you open the eyes, cause the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened, to know again, God is prepping us for war. Amen. And he wants, he wants us to be that when we engage, we will not quit. Amen. Yeah, we're in a fight right now. We're in a fight. And we will not quit. Amen. Did you get anything out of that tonight? Praise God. Any.